Welcome back to another episode of Point Blank. I believe this is episode number 58. I'm Chantel Chan, joined alongside Akeem Haynes. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, make sure to subscribe, hit that like button. It helps the channel grow. You can also follow us on our social media platforms and you'll see in the description below the ways that you can connect with us. Before we get into everything, Akeem, I know you had a big weekend. You were doing your thing uh, on your boxing channel how did uh, how did how did that all go with all the big fights that you know uh, took place this past weekend? Yeah, you know, I like you really forget how long a boxing card like actually is. Like I was on that thing for like three hours. I was like, wait a minute, it shouldn't have been three hours. But no, it was a it was a, it was a good time. I appreciate everybody that took the time to jump on. Uh, something that I like to do a little bit more as the channel grows, but. You know, it, it. when I got off, I was like, no way. It was three hours and I was hungry. I should have brought some snacks. <laughs> you, did you have water at least where you had like water? Oh, and... I wasn't prepared. I was not prepared. But uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. I'll hopefully be doing another one down the road. So appreciate everyone that tuned in. How was your weekend? How's everything on your and your end? It was it was a good weekend, man. I got to enjoy the fights, um, and it it was a really good weekend for boxing. And of course, like of course, like got uh, to spend time with my friends. Got to have the balance of like the work life and like all of that. So that was all really good. Something but, you've you know, been working on. Exactly, exactly. But you know what? We do have a pretty cool weekend coming up in the world of combat sports. We are going to get into UFC 281. Before we do all of that, though, Akeem, let's start off with the gridiron. Right now, the Green Bay Packers are well below 500. They're three and six on the season. So my question to you, Akeem, is what's going on with the Green Bay Packers? What's wrong with them? They messed up my whole prediction of them being in the finals. Um, honestly, I warned you. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest thing is like we now, obviously, a quarterback is a very important position in the NFL. Absolutely. But we also realize a lot more now. Well, hopefully Aaron Rodgers is seeing that is, man, you need some other pieces. The loss of Devontae Adams is really hurting him. And this is a new trust that he has not developed with this team yet. I think he wants to trust his receivers, but I don't think in his heart he does. And I think as a leader of this team, you know, he has to change and adapt his style to work with these receivers. And I don't think he's going to do that. You don't have that deep threat anymore with Devontae Adams or or for him to draw double coverage, sometimes triple coverage and open up for everybody else. So it's just interesting to me as well, too. And even as, as I was looking or listening to the stats that they were talking about the other day when they were playing, um, last year, I mean, last year they were scoring, what, 25, 26 points per game. This year they're averaging 17 yeah. points per game, and the other team is scoring 20 to 21 points per game. How are you going to win those games if you're letting teams score more than you can score? And I think that's been the biggest difference with the Packers is they just aren't scoring enough points. And when you lose someone like Devontae Adams, it's it's tough, especially the year that he had. What do you have, like 1,500 yards last yeah. year? And that's been the biggest thing for me that I've seen. But I think Aaron Rodgers needs to let this ego aside get back into it and say, you know what, let me adjust my game and see how I can best help this team. But that's been the biggest change for me. I mean, you can't score 17 points and let them score 20 and expect to win. That's the biggest thing for me, Chantel. What do you see? What have you seen? Because you told me they don't have it. I didn't believe. <laughs> 
Okay, well, I mean, like you mentioned, the loss of Devontae Adams was huge, but I bet he'd go right back to Green Bay at this point. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? And I bet you Aaron Rodgers would be like, oh, come here. Like, I'll welcome you with big arms. You know what I mean? Also, Randall Cobb is on the IR. So yeah. not only did he lose Devontae Adams, he also lost Randall Cobb. So those are his two biggest targets. And despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers is arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, it's not really showing because he doesn't have those targets that he's used to or a reliable receiver like Alan Lazard does his things, but he's not like that dude. You know what I mean? There's only so much he can really do as well. And I just think it's a chemistry issue. It's a chemistry issue with Aaron Rodgers and his receivers, and it's a chemistry issue with the whole entire offense. And the defense was supposed to be like the real deal this year for the Packers. And they've been decent, but they haven't been amazing. And I think Green Bay knew going into this season that they were going to have some troubles on offense. Number one, they never got anyone to replace Devontae Adams. And, And number two, it's like, well, we know that the offense is not going to be as good as it was last season, but hopefully our defense can be the reason that we win games. And I mean, they're ranked, I believe in the top 10 on how many yards they allow at the same time, though, we're not seeing a lot of those takeaways. You know what I mean? We're not seeing like those game winning stops that the green Bay Packers need to make Mm -hmm. in crunch time. And I think that's been a factor as well. So I don't think it's totally on Aaron Rodgers. Of course, there are ways that he can get this thing going. But I also think there's been so much toxic behavior with Aaron Rodgers. And at the same time, it's like now they're not winning. And there's all this stuff that goes on off the field. Um, And now it's kind of like this. I think it's like a big mess in in Mm. Green Bay, to be honest with you. Because also, when they drafted a quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, my God, I thought I was going to like retire here. You know, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? All of those things add up in the locker room as well. And I would love to be a fly on the wall in that locker room and see what's going on and see how he interacts. Like we all know that Aaron Rodgers is an ultimate professional. He shows up every day, probably prepared as hell. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he's only won one Super Bowl there. And I know it's hard to win multiple Super Bowls. Like he's not the Tom Brady, but I mean, at one point they were saying he was like the Kobe of the NFL. Oh, really? They were saying that he was the Mamba. I don't, I don't know, man. Kobe got multiple. Must, things. <laughs> must have been Stephen A. Must have been Stephen A. Must have been. Stephen. I don't, I don't. I think it was him that said it, or someone. Yeah, you know what? I think it could have been like a first take thing that I saw, but nonetheless, I just think that there's no chemistry. There was a whole bunch of toxicity that happened before entering into this season, the previous season. They never got anyone to replace Devontae Adams. Randall Cobb is injured as well. And the defense hasn't played to expectations. When you put all that together and then you realize that the Minnesota Vikings just got way better, they're not gonna they're not gonna make the playoffs. They're not a good they're not a good enough playoff team, even if Aaron Rodgers balls out. Sure, maybe they can make a wild card. I just don't see it happening. I I think right now they're just not a playoff team. And it shows. So that's my thoughts on it. Akeem gave his. What would you believe to be the reason why the Packers are struggling so much? Drop some comments in our YouTube section. You can also hit us up on our social media platforms. And you'll see in the description below the ways that you can connect with us. Now, Akeem, we can't leave the gridiron without talking about one of the biggest upsets that happened this past weekend. Maybe you don't even call it an upset because they're both SEC teams. Uh, But Alabama lost to LSU and now the big question is 
you know, what's next for Bama. And there's still a small percentage they can make the playoffs, but it's like between 11 and 15%. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, but what are your thoughts on the game that they lost against LSU and like what you kind of think went wrong this season? And do you think that they could possibly make the playoffs? <laughs> I mean, as long as there's a percentage, there's always a shot. But I mean, the teams in front of them, they're not all going to lose more than one game, right? Obviously, they play Ole Miss coming up, I think, next or the following week. Yeah. They have to beat Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a good team. But for me, this whole year with this with this Alabama team is as – and this is just collegiate sports. Some years you get great talents, you get great athletes, and some years you just don't. You get very good ones, but not the great ones. We know the great ones that we see when we see them, right? I remember when I first got to Alabama 2013, like the running backs there was Mark Ingram, Trent Shelton, Eddie Lacy, and who was behind them? Someone who was playing for the uh, Titans right now who just ran over the, <laughs> the um, who just ran over the Chiefs and Derrick Henry. So that was like a star studded team recruiting class every single year. And this year, they just wasn't the same talent pool. The other thing was, I don't think that the offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, was the best person for this job as well. You know, and who's to say how healthy Bryce is playing these last couple games? But that was the biggest thing for me. I, I just don't think they have the same talent pool. I think they lack discipline a bunch of times uh, throughout their games. And defensively, it's just this year, they always had a pretty good pass rush defense, really good linebackers. But their DBs and their safeties in the past three years have not been the best. They have went up against these dual threat quarterbacks who just took advantage of them. And this year just got exposed a little bit more. So I just think this year they just didn't have the right pieces to be able to be that dominant and consistent Alabama team. But I also do give a little credit to the uh, offensive side of the things with Bill O'Brien. And you got to give a little bit of hit to Saban as well, too, because he puts that staff together. He's got to make certain decisions. So that's what I think it was. They're still seven and two. Seven and two is still a really good record. It's just you are spoiled. Alabama fans are spoiled because of how many times they're always dominant in these championship games. But this year just wasn't their year. They're a young team, still got a lot to grow. Next year will hopefully be better, but this year just wasn't their year. What did you see? Do you give them a shot? Do you think it'll happen? What were some of the biggest things for you this game? No, no, I think they're not going to make the playoff because they need help to make the playoff. Like LSU would have to lose their next two games. And I think they're playing Arkansas and Texas A&M. I, I don't think they're going to lose. LSU played really well. As much as we're talking about how Alabama fumbled this game, you know what I mean? I think we have to give props to LSU because they played a really good game. Like Jaden Daniels started to go you know, on a roll and he was killing it. He didn't turn over the ball. Like he didn't throw for a lot. I think he threw for like 187 yards or something, but he didn't turn over the ball. You know what I mean? And, and that's the most important thing. And LSU did its thing when they were supposed to, and it was massive. And I don't see them lose. Like I see them winning out and they have a really good chance to win the SEC West, but I think Alabama is out. And one of the main things that you mentioned that I definitely agree on is I don't think O'Brien was the best hire. You know what I mean? There's no creativity with their offense. He leaves, leaves it all on Bryce. And that's a lot of pressure for a young guy to have. The O-line is terrible. Like, I actually don't even think it's the pieces because they went out and they got that all, that five-star uh, running back. 
Um, you know what I mean? So they have the pieces. It's the offense. Like it, it, it's not flowing there. Like, is there chemistry on that offense? It's a lot on Bryce Young's shoulders. And maybe that has to do with Bill O'Brien. Like, I, I think there needs to be a spotlight put on him. And as we've seen with Nick Saban's staff, they have success at Alabama and then they go and they like go coach another team. So it's a lot of turnaround, you know, for their coaching staff. But, you know, Nick Saban, we, we talk about how successful Alabama has been. We're, we're taking a look at like, what's happening in Alabama. Do you think he's going to like want to stay there? Because it seems like something's unfolding there. I he's just look, he's not going anywhere. He's I, think, a, I mean, he's a legend. Like he's a legend. He, they're probably gonna have a statue out there for him. You know I, what I mean? I think one's already there. If I remember, I think that was getting built my last year. If I remember correctly, is the Nick but, Saban statue already there? He's he's got more. <laughs> if I remember correctly, he's got more NCAA titles than Bear Bryant. Someone yeah. who they hold. They covet, right? So I mean, people wear the hats and everything at the games. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I'm, I'm taking a look at this t- Alabama team right now, and it looks like a mess. And you don't expect that from Nick Saban, right? And and so that's like my, my biggest issue right now is like, well, what is going on? Because I don't think it's the talent because Alabama recruits so well. And so I, I think this team is flawed and it's been more flawed than it's been in past years. And I think a big part of that is the Bill O'Brien like hire. And I think that's been one of the big things about it. And they're not going to make, they're not going to make the playoffs. Like their time, their time is up. Their O-line was, t- their, their O-line was terrible. Their, I thought their pass rush was pretty decent, actually. I thought their pass rush did its thing. Um, but they, they, I, I just think there's something wrong with the coaching at this point, which is crazy, which is crazy to me. So it's like, we'll see what happens, but I, I, I don't think Bama's going to be making the national championship at all. And even though they have a slim chance, like I, I think LSU wins out. LSU has a really good chance, but there will be definitely a team in the playoff that has one loss. I mean, like Tennessee, Georgia, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be two SEC teams that get in. Yeah, You would have to think so. And I do think Alabama might lose to Ole Miss next week. Possibility. Ole Miss is a good team. And if that happens, then what? You know what I mean? Like it's just, but at the same time, like you said, like Alabama has been so spoiled. They're always there every year. And so that's another thing. It's like when they're not in it, it's like, well, what's going on? Should they blow it up? Like it makes no sense. Cause they're so successful. Like it just doesn't happen. Right. And so it's, it's interesting to see how many times that we're going to be talking about this. I mean, I, I gotta be honest with you. I think Alabama not making the playoff this year. I think it has to be, one of the biggest disappointments in in, in this season in ranks? football yeah in football yeah because you you think that they're going to be there all of the time and maybe that's us maybe maybe we, maybe we put too much expectation on them for them not to grow a little bit but yeah the other thing too is like these other teams man they're getting so much better and a lot of these athletes nowadays, these kids, man, they're actually staying in school a little bit longer to develop and to grow. I think that's part of it too. I think that's why Georgia is so is having another very good season because now their players are starting to stay for their senior year and their junior year rather than just leaving. I mean, in Alabama, if I'm a recruiter, Alabama, I'm going into your room, I'm going into your house, and I'm saying, look, everybody that comes here. You either go first round or second round if you take care of business. You're going to the league. And so a lot of these kids just want to go to the league and just get out of there as soon as possible. But 
I think a lot of schools nowadays, they're staying longer to create that team atmosphere. I mean, Georgia did not look like the clear favorite at the beginning of the year, but after what they did to Tennessee and what they continue to do, that's a strong yeah. team. Yeah, and, and you know what's crazy? It's like Georgia, like you were just talking about how many players that like they had going to the draft last year, and you thought their team was going to be a little bit depleted, but they had so much talent still, and they're still killing it. And it's it's really interesting to see. But I think the SEC, it's it's more interesting this year because there were two pretenders, Bama and Clemson. Clemson's from the ACC, big pretender. And then you got Bama, though, as a pretender. And you're like, whoa, you didn't expect that because Bryce Young, you know, was supposed to be like another Heisman year for him. And um, I, I think it's one of the biggest disappointments this season that Alabama didn't play to their potential. Because I think they have all, I think they have the pieces has to do with the co- the coaching staff I think I think Bill O'Brien has a big part of it <laughs> and I don't want to put it all on Bill O'Brien but I'm like where's the creativity what's going on here because in that first half Bryce Young didn't play well and he never got into a rhythm and then it's like it's all on Bryce Young and it's like they need an offense that isn't like that um and that has to do with Bill O'Brien but point blank would love to know your thoughts on Alabama's season there's still a chance they could get in. It's less than 20%. Do you think they make it? And if not, you know, what was the big problem for Alabama this year? Drop some comments below and you can always hit us up on our social media platforms as well. Let's go over to the Octagon, Chantel. Two, UFC 281. This is a very stacked card from start to finish, but we're talking about the main event card first, which is Israel Adesanya versus Alex Piera. What are your thoughts on this fight, Chantel? How do you see this one going? Okay, so this fight is going to be extremely interesting. Um, Adesanya, I think his only loss recently was Jan Blahovic. And that was by unanimous decision. He's won his last three by unanimous decision. We know that he's extremely technical. The one thing I've talked about in past episodes is Adesanya's timing knows right when to reel you in and then land a big one on you. And then like the your his opponent is like shook. He's a good wrestler. Um I love his uppercut. It's nasty. His left hook is nasty. And the one thing that's really good about Adesanya is we know he's technical, but he really knows how to control the distance. This is going to be interesting with him and Alex Pereira because Alex Pereira is explosive. He's got real power. And these two have fought each other before in the kickboxing world before UFC. And Alex Pereira has beat him two times. Uh, Once decision and then one time he knocked him out. Uh, So he has knocked out Adesanya, which is crazy. But the thing about it is that like, I don't think, Adesanya is that same dude when Alex Pereira fought him back when it was just like a kickboxing fight. I think he's gotten better and he must, right? Like he's only gotten better every time he's been in the octagon. And the thing about Pereira is he likes to come forward a lot. He's the aggressor. The one thing that I noticed is the fact because like Pereira's power is so real and I go back to like Robert Whitaker and Jared Cannonier. They were able to land on Izzy, but not do too much damage, but they were able to touch him. If if Alex Pereira is able to touch Adesanya, there is a chance he could knock him out because that's how real his power is. But I just feel like Adesanya is so good at controlling the distance that he's going to be able to, to control the distance here with Alex Pereira. But I do think there's like, this is such a tough one for me to pick because I'm like, man, I could go with the fact that Alex Pereira could easily get the big knockout and land on him. At the same time, though, I think Israel Adesanya has the experience. He's so technical. We've seen him get better. 
And it's hard to say that he'll lose in this one. So I have Adesanya winning by unanimous decision. I think this is going to be an absolute battle. Uh, but I just think Adesanya's experience and just because he is good defensively, and I think he's going to be calm and patient and take his time. I don't think he's going to try to put himself in a situation where he gets knocked out or he gets punched because he's fought him before. So these two know each other pretty well. What about you, Akeem? What are your thoughts on this fight and who do you have winning? Yeah, as you just said, these two got history, right? So if I'm just, you know, a casual guy coming in, looking in, and you tell me that, thinking to myself, okay, yeah, I'm putting one stack on Alex Piera, money in the bank is going to be good, and Piera is the underdog, so, you know, your money might triple pretty good a little bit. If you're just looking at that and based off their history, but Adesanya has gotten so much better, as you just mentioned, in his division, the middleweight division, he has not lost a fight. He went up to fight Jan Blahovich to challenge himself, to try to fight the bigger man, and it just it just didn't work out for him. That's okay. But when he's fighting people in his division, it's a lot different. And one of the things that people have been saying about Izzy in his recent fights is they've been saying, man, is is you know he's is he's getting boring. He's not doing anything different. Mm-hmm. But it's like, is he? Or is it just that he makes it look so... Oh, you see the double entendre? Is that a double yeah. entendre? Yeah. <laughs> is it? Or is he just doing everything so well and making it look easy? And I think that's what it is because you look at Izzy, he's got the he's got the size. He can hit you from a distance. He's got the kickboxing leg kicks, straight hand down the middle. The jab is fierce, is strong. He's quick with his hands. He's a good counter puncher. Physi- physically, the man can do all the all the good things that you would want a fighter to have. He's disciplined and he's mentally strong because he's been taken there when he fought Kelvin Gaslam. I remember that fight, Chantel. It was it was. I remember I was watching it and it it it, it zoomed in to Izzy's like mouth and his face, and he was mumbling and whispering something. I'm like, I don't really read lips that well, but like that sounds serious. And then a video came out where he said, what I said was, I'm ready to die in this ring. And Kevin made him uncomfortable. And I think that's the thing that Piera is going to have to try to do in this fight. When you go to look at Alex Piera, as you just said, beautifully, the man has power. He does not look like he does. He doesn't look like he has that one shot knockout or that one shot knock you off of your feet to fluster you. He doesn't look like he has that when you're just looking at him. But if you watch the tapes... Going back to his last fight against Sean Strickland, Strickland came in, right? Had Piera fighting off the back leg, but Strickland was using the jab, you know, kind of biding his time. But then Piera was using the jab and using some leg kicks very subtly, right? Nothing to really damage you, but just to back you up a little bit like, yo, what are you coming in so aggressive for? And then he fainted with the right leg and came with the left hand and land cleanly on Strickland's chin. I remember going back to look at the fight in the second fight against Adesanya, that was the same shot that took Adesanya out. So in this one, Chantel, I'm definitely not expecting any takedowns, right? Because these guys aren't takedown fighters, man. Their strength is the strike, and they're not grapplers. So if I do see a takedown, I'll be very surprised. So it's going to be an upright fight. For me, one of the things that is going to be very beneficial in this fight is the movement. I think Israel Adesanya is a better mover in the octagon than Alex Piera. If Izzy just stands right there and tries to trade shots with him, Alex Piera is a much more bigger puncher than him, and it could be a wrap if he lands cleanly. But I think Izzy's elusiveness, as you said, his experience in the championship rounds, championship fights, and just the moment. Alex Piera has been fighting 
for a while, but he hasn't really been in that moment. And I think that's going to be a, a difference as well, too. We are no, by no means counting out Alex Pierre because I'm picking Adesanya as well by decision. No way are we counting out Pierre. But I just think, man, at this level at right now, I think Izzy's just a little bit sharper and he's been through the fire a lot more than Alex Pierre has. I'm what not gonna lie though. I'm 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 probably gonna bet on Pereira knockout. Oh, I mean, hey, because the <laughs> odds are like so good. Like I no, because like even like picking this fight, I'm like, Absolutely. man, like for some reason I know, like I I think like met like in my head, I'm like, Izzy's gonna win this fight. You know what I mean? But like but in my heart, that's like... dude, I'm like, yo, Pereira could knock his ass out. You know what I mean? That's why I brought up the Whitaker and Cannoneer thing because they were able to touch him. So it's like I think Adesanya will win by decision, but. I'm going to bet on the knockout because like there's a, there's a chance because the power is so real. So to, like stylistically, this is a really good fight. If Chantel told you to sprinkle a little bit on Alex Piera, then please listen to her. She <laughs> does this very, very well. But what are your thoughts on this fight? Who do you have winning? Let us know in the comments section below. Are you as perplexed as we are when we're trying to fix and figure out who's going to win this fight? But it's going to be a very, very, very good fight. A bit of a chess match the first couple of rounds, I think. But let's move on, Chantel. Another fight on this card as well. Michael Chandler versus Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier back in the ring. What are your thoughts on this fight, Chantel? How do you see this one going? I think this one is going to be the best fight of the night. It's only three rounds, though, which makes it extremely interesting, right? Dustin Poirier, he's a technical striker. I think between him and Michael Chandler, he's like the faster striker. And I believe he has the height and reach advantage for this one. He's coming off the loss to Oliveira. I believe he's um, a good boxer as well, Dustin Poirier. Like, I feel like he's going to want this fight upright. Uh, Michael Chandler, though, he's a good wrestler, so I'm going to give him the wrestling advantage. I think he's going to want this one to be a brawl. The one thing about Michael Chandler, I'm just like, I don't really know, is I think his chin is sus. Like, didn't Tony Ferguson drop him? If I remember correctly, yeah. Yeah, I, I so I'm like, okay, so I don't get it twisted. Like, I have respect for Tony Ferguson, but he's not like the same Tony Ferguson that he once was, you know? I also think that Michael Chandler, like stamina is kind of an issue at times, um, which is good that this is like a three round fight. Is he going to get tired by the third round? Possibly. I think that Michael Chandler is extremely explosive. Um, but at the same time, I'm thinking about like the history of these two and like their past fights, like Poirier just, you know, he's coming off a loss to Oliveira. At the same time, Michael Chandler got whooped by Justin Gaethje. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he did, like he took a crazy beating by Justin Gaethje. And then also he lost to Charles Oliveira as well. So it's like, that has to mean something like your body taking that much of a beating coming into this one. And I'm really excited for, for this fight. I think it's going to be the fight of the night. I have Dustin Poirier winning. And because it's a three round fight, I think these guys are going to be like going at it. So I have Dustin Poirier actually winning by TKO in this one. I think he gets it done. Uh, Michael Chandler, he's explosive. He does so many things well. But at the same time, it's a three-round fight. These guys are going to be like going at it in these rounds. So I have Poirier winning by TKO. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, I think this definitely could steal a show. I mean, no Michael Chandler fight has been uh, nothing short of exciting and you just said it just there as well, too, Chantel, man. He he fights high energy. It's three rounds, and he does gas out, right? He's a big, stocky, bulky guy, right? And he comes forward, and he just, like, everything's with bad intentions, and it's high energy, and it's great for the fans. Like, for us, that like, like we love that. You're going to be aggressive. You're going to bring it. 
but that tires you out and you have to kind of gauge yourself in the fight, you know? And so that is where I give the Esh Dustin Poirier because he's going to come in and he's someone who has a lot of experiences. He's someone who has been in there with some of the best and lost against some of the best and won against some of the best. And so I think he's the better striker. As you just said, I think Chandler's the better wrestler. But I also think Dustin is going to be able to control the tempo of his face a lot more. I think his footwork's a little bit better. I think he's more accurate of a striker. And I also think that it's now or never for both of these men, right? Because they're getting up there a little bit in age. They both yeah. had opportunities to fight for a title or at least have one fight to then win to fight for another title. So I don't think they have much time left to be championship contenders. I think it's now or never. So I think they're going to fight with a little bit of desperation, and I like a little bit of desperation, but I like a controlled desperation. And I think Dustin Poirier is going to be able to control it a lot more. And I also think that Chandler is someone who going to fit into the crowd a little bit more. And sometimes he fights a little bit emotional, you know, and you can't come into a fight and fight emotional. We saw uh, Hamzat Kamaev and Gilbert Burns, what happened when Hamzat fought emotional. He still got the fight done, but he took a beating. Can't fight emotional. And I think Dustin Poirier is going to fight a little less emotional. And so I have Dustin Poirier winning, but I think it goes the distance until I think it goes, I think it goes uh, all three. The rounds are shorter, yes. Uh, and and the smarter one, if the betting is right, you know, Chantel would probably tell you to sprinkle a little bit on the knockout, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, just have a feeling, I have a feeling it's going to be decision. So I have Dustin Poirier winning this by decision. What are your thoughts on this fight? Who do you have winning between Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier? How? Let us know in the comments section below. So before we close out the show, Chantel, we got to get to our word of the week conversation topic of the week. And this week we're talking about caution. When caution comes to mind, what does it make you think of? I think of like a stop sign at like, um, you know, on the street, like caution. No, I'm just joking. Uh, what is what does caution mean to me? I think it's something that you just take your time with and that, you know, might not be the easiest waters. Like it might be a bumpy ride. It might be a path that, you know, isn't totally smooth. When I think of caution, I just think of taking my time with something, knowing that it's a long road ahead. And maybe, you know, being a little bit suspect about things. Um, that's what caution means to me because you're not always going to go into something and know what the outcome is going to be, right? So if you go into something with a little bit of caution, whether like whatever that is, you just know that you're taking care of yourself and you're looking out for yourself. And you know that, you know, this might not be something that you want to be like speeding through at the same time. What about you, Akeem? Yeah, I think caution is just making sure that you have taken the time to look at all of the problems from all of the angles. You know, I think a lot of times when we go into certain situations, especially entrepreneurial or career-wise, sometimes we rush over everything. And because it sounds good, we just leap for it. So that's what it makes me think of. You got to be cautious of everything because it may seem good one moment, but it may not be the best outcome down the road. So whatever it is that you're trying to do, trying to accomplish or working towards, make sure you are cautious about it. Make sure you're cautious about whom you're going business with as well, because that can be dangerous. That can burn you, right? So look at the whole entirety of everything around you and be cautious of it before you find yourself in a position where you don't want to be in. And you say to yourself, ah, oh, man, 
I should have treaded a little bit lightly in that yeah. one. So that's what caution means to me. Point blank would love to know when you hear the word caution, what does it mean to you? Let us know in the comment section below. Thank you for everyone that continues to tune into the show. We really appreciate your ears and your eyes. We definitely do not take it for granted. So with all that being said, I'm Akeem Haynes. I'm Chantel Chan. And this is Point Blank. And we will see you next time.